Well, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving uh, this week. It's a celebration of the fall season. You know, here in Florida, we don't have the, as big of a distinction in the seasons, but, you know, we've all been, at least here, we've all been, you know, in places where there is a distinction with that. You know, we all love seeing the trees and the change of color and, you know, you feel the, the little bite of the cold in the air as it's changing. It, they had an early bite this year and uh, up north with snowstorms and such, but but you know it's a time of harvests. It's a time when the bounty has been brought in, and you can celebrate that um, that you have enough for the winter and so forth. At least that's how that used to be. We we just go to the grocery store these days, but it's still a, a celebration of what God has done. And you know, but Thanksgiving, you know, as we know it today, it kind of makes us think about. A, a table filled with bounty and we all gather around and we share it together and um, you know and before we eat we all reflect on on what God has given to us and we you know we, we remind ourselves to be thankful for all that God has done and so it's very appropriate to set aside a day of remembrance it's, it's a special day it's a day of thanksgiving to be thankful because it's easy to forget, isn't it? Right? It's only one day a year. So 364 days, sometimes we can lose focus on that. Uh, you know, we, it, it's easy to become focused on what we want or maybe what we don't have yet. And we have a goal of getting or so forth. But we can forget that important perspective of what we have received already. What has been given to us, what's been done for us. Now, people's fortunes in life can vary. Some have more materially than others. You know, some have had a, you know, certain experiences uh, and so forth. But, you know, we, we all share that one essential link that we can give thanks for. And that's that Christ died for us. He became a sacrifice. The way has been made for us to receive uh, eternal life instead of death and judgment, and we can enter into that. And, it, and it's really a pathway of continual blessing from heaven. And for that, we can truly give thanks. You know, in reality, when we examine our lives, there's, there's so much we can be thankful for. Right? If, we, if we look at, at least when we open our, our, ourselves to the Lord and we allow his hand to guide us through life, there's so much we could be thankful for. I'm sure we could fill up volumes if we sat down and kind of critically looked at how God was with us, how he's guided us in our pathway as we've opened ourselves to that. And we reflect on all he has done for us. But I was struck by th this thought from scripture that, that relates to Thanksgiving. And it's that thought of abundance. Right, because we we think about Thanksgiving as is a table filled with abundance, and we celebrate that by having a nice meal. But you know, we're we're giving thanks to God for that. But it, in scriptures, it's actually that thought of abundance is tied to Thanksgiving. In fact, there's at least three references to the abundance of Thanksgiving that I wanted to look at with you this morning. And I want to look at that so that perhaps we can have a renewed emphasis on Thanksgiving abounding in us, right? It's there. We know it's important and 
one, oh yeah, thank you, Lord. You know, we can have that that reaction, but but you know, we want to have the abundance of thanksgiving because there's some significant benefit to that in our lives as as we can see. Now, there's these three references uh, we're going to look at can be referred to as the three P's. And the first one is preservation. Preservation. And so we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4. And in this chapter, the Apostle Paul is considering the hardships that we can face in the Christian life, you know, just on our journey and the the challenges. Uh, And, you know, God never claimed it would be an easy journey. He just declared that we can get to our destination by his grace, by his divine ability. And so Paul is saying how there are seasons and sometimes we have experiences where we just feel we're feeling it. We're feeling the battle. We're feeling the oppression. And he, he expresses it so like the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians 4.8, he said, we're hard pressed on every side. Have you ever felt like that? No matter which way you turn, there's, there's some pressure and it's coming hard. Yet, we're not crushed. And thank God for that. We go through the pressure, but it never crushes us when we're holding on to him. We're perplexed. <laughs> Have you ever been perplexed? <laughs> perplexed is a, is a couple steps above like confused. <laughs> you know, we're just astounded at the situation. Lord, I, I have no idea what to do, but we're never in despair. Now we can be confused and not know where to go, but we are never in despair because God is with us. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Sometimes we can experience one of those things or more, or sometimes all of them. It seems like at the same time, we're hard pressed, we're crushed, we're perplexed, persecuted, beaten down. But Paul says we can experience those things and they're they're traumatic events, but it is not the end of the matter. Somehow we're preserved by his grace. And he goes on in in verse 15. So 2 Corinthians 4, 15, he says, for all things are for your sake. Now that's, that's a thought there, right? Where he's talking about we're beaten and we're perplexed and persecuted. All things are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we, don't, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, is, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Those are quite, that's quite some statements the Apostle Paul's making, right? He's trying to to tie in this thought that, you know, we go through all these difficult experiences, we're persecuted and perplexed, and, you know, you could probably add a lot of things to that list. Uh, Mistreated, misunderstood, overlooked, overtaxed, stretched to the limit. But in all those things, Paul is saying, is hidden an opportunity because he says 
All these things are for your sake. Now, I know in our flesh, we immediately say, what? (laughs) For my sake? Uh, I would gladly not have this for my sake. But why is that? It's for that hidden work to be done. It's that grace may spread through these many difficulties. Grace may be given. Grace may be taken a hold of and imparted and used and operate in our lives. And when we're able to take a hold of that grace, there's an outcome. It says we are able to rejoice with thanksgiving. It abounds in us. And so there's that link between these difficult experiences and thanksgiving. You know, the more we go through and these kind of things and we're preserved by grace, the more we can abound in thanksgiving and be thankful. And then we can face new things. And it's just we're we have an abundance of thanksgiving in our spirit that just enables us to face things in a new way. Thanksgiving abounds. There's a story I read about this man. And, you know, later in life, he was seen to to go faithfully to his local pier. You know, we have some piers in some of our communities and you go down into the water. And what he would do is he'd take this bucket of shrimp and he would throw them to the seagulls. Now, most of fishermen don't like seagulls. And so that, you know, they don't always appreciate that. But this man, every Friday evening, He went down with his bucket of shrimp and he fed the seagulls. Well, there was a story behind that. And what this man was, was he was an airman in World War II. And he was flying in the South Pacific. And as happened to very, you know, so many of them, his plane went down. He he flew a B-17. His plane went down in the South Pacific. Thankfully, he and his crew were able to escape in in a, a life raft. They were all together. Uh, and apparently they, they were able to get, get some water, but all their rations were spoiled. And so they're floating many days in this boat. And he said that basically they were starving. And he was just, this man was sitting under his hat. And, you know, as one day he felt something land on his head. And he thought for a minute, what is that? And he saw in the eyes of the men in the boat, they were looking at what was on his head. And it was a seagull. And he was thinking, if only I could get that seagull. And the story goes, he was able to get that. They were able to partake of that seagull. But not only that, they were able to use it as bait to catch fish. And it's like that seagull changed their situation. Uh, It changed the outcome. And they all survived because of it. And when he got home, that pilot was so grateful for that seagull who gave his life for him that every Friday night he went down to feed those birds in gratitude for the rest of his life. You know, he lived, you know, quite a few years afterwards. You know, so there's something about going through difficulties that if we can allow it and we can apprehend the grace of God, it can cause an abundant and deep gratitude to well up. And so in that process of receiving grace and then flowing in thanksgiving, we can be preserved so that we're able to go on. You know, that thought of preservation is important, right? We all appreciate the modern 
uh, methods of, of preserving things, um, you know, not necessarily with chemicals, right? But we all appreciate our refrigerators and freezers and Ziploc bags and airtight containers, right? Because it allows us to, to preserve those food, those tasty foods a little bit longer than, than they did back in the day. Cause, cause without those things that it perishes, the food goes bad fast. And so it's like, that's like Thanksgiving operating in our lives without Thanksgiving operating. It's, it's like we can lose perspective of, of what God has done in us and it can cause his work to perish without that attitude and that, that spirit of thanksgiving flowing within us. You know, Paul talks about another group in Romans chapter 1 that they had lost this, uh, this attitude of thanksgiving. You know, and it's, they, it seems like they once had it in life, but now they had lost it. And because of that, they're spiritually dead. And it's, it says this in Romans one twenty one. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God and neither were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And so here's a group that went backwards. They knew God, but it's like they, they lost that spiritual life. Maybe like the Ephesian church in Revelation, God warned them that the candlestick was about to be removed. They had lost something. But this group in Romans 1, you know, they didn't take heed and they let that, that vital practice of being thankful slip from their lives. And, and instead, they became selfish. They ceased to glorify God and their hearts were darkened. And that's not a good place to be. You know, we want to bring light back into our temple. And sometimes the first step in doing so is, Lord, thank you. Lord, I'm I'm feel like I'm getting beaten down. But Lord, thank you that I'm not destroyed. I'm not gonna, that oppression is not gonna destroy me. It's not gonna overcome me because your grace is there. And I'm gonna reach a hold of your grace. And I thank you for your grace. You know, it's so important that that spirit of thanksgiving is flowing in us. That that causes the light and the candlestick to burn brightly within us. And so it's something to remember. Thanksgiving is tied to uh, that thought of preservation. And if we want to be preserved in the abundance of trials and difficulties, we need to have the abundance of Thanksgiving operating in our lives. Now, the next P I want to look at, the word starting with P is provision. Provision, because later on in Corinthians Paul is talking about a cheerful giver. And he says this, it says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, he said, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance to every good work. And now here's another reference to grace. And, you know, it's the abundance of grace abounding in us, grace abounding and, you know, of course, grace is his divine ability operating in our lives. And that's a good thing. Right? We want an abundance of God's grace operating in us. You know, always having what we need, not just for ourselves, but 
we have an abundance of His grace to do good towards God and towards others. But Paul warns us. He said this abundance comes as we have a certain outlook. And in verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, he says, But I say this, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And so if we have a desire to have a, a bountiful life, to experience the blessings of God, we, we need to sow, S-O-W, accordingly. Right? And that, of course, that's the natural law, isn't it? Because no farmer expects his fields to sprout into a harvest uh, without first planting the seed for the harvest. And so there's the seed we are to sow in order to reap this harvest in our own lives. But I want to look at, at one other verse in this because, we're, of course, we're talking about Thanksgiving here. But it's in verse 12. So 2 Corinthians 9, 12 says, For the administration of this service, right, these good works, the abundance of grace, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Oh, here's a key. A key to provision, to experiencing God's abundance, His abundance of grace, His abundant harvest, you know, working in our lives, it is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. And so, you know, we can sow, uh, but we don't just want a harvest. We want an abundant harvest. And, you know, it starts, you know, developing a, by developing a heart that sows. And yes, that can be financially, um, you know, when we give and God says we're, we're lending unto him, unto the Lord and he, gives a good return. It's also a spiritual harvest where we do good in spiritual ways, right? We in labor, in prayer, in good works, encouraging others. You know, those who sow in his kingdom will reap abundantly. But, you know, that key aspect of sowing, it says this administration supplies the needs of the saints, but also there is an abounding through many thanksgivings. And it's a very practical element, right? There can be a harvest, but who just wants a harvest? We all sow, right? If we plant a garden, our, no one hopes, well, I hope I just get, you know, an okay return on the work. Every, every person who ever has planted a seed in the history of mankind has said, I hope this seed grows and I have an abundant harvest from it. Well, that practical element of experience the abundant of the abundant harvest is tied to the abundance of thanksgiving. It, it's almost like God's provision and his blessing uh, that it's like it's produced in an atmosphere of many thanksgivings. So you know we can take note of Jesus. And actually it's kind of surprising if you just look at that thought of thanksgiving in his ministry how often it occurs. You know, all the miracles he performed, uh, and you can start to kind of track all the times he thanked his father, and it's quite a few times. You know, so often before the miracle, he gave thanks. You know, like the feeding of the 5,000, he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks and he broke that bread, and then that bread didn't end. It just continued. Or Lazarus, before he cried out those words, Lazarus, come forth, 
he lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, I thank you. Of course, the biggest miracle of all was the night that, you know, before he was betrayed, when he was about to give himself as a sacrifice, you know, that final communion supper, there's Jesus giving thanks over the bread and the, and the cup. And that what they symbolize what he was about to have to do to give himself. And here he is, Father, thank you for the bread and the cup. And that represented what would take place just a few hours later. And it's like Jesus could always flow in the abundance of supply, the abundance of, of what God wanted to do because he was always abundant in thanksgiving. And we want to follow that same example. But there's one final P we want to look at with you, and that is power. It's the idea that God wants to empower us to walk and to stand. And to do this, we're going to look at another of Paul's uh, sayings here. In, this one's in Colossians. So Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So here's Paul talking about how we've received Christ, but now we have to walk in him. Right? Now we need to be you know, in him in a way of strength. And so he, the example he gives is, is being rooted in him. That always has a, you know, a really strong uh, illustration for me because if there's anything we know about digging in Florida soil, it's that roots can be a strong anchor. You wouldn't think so. It's just sandy soil here. You think uh, it's just the sand. You know, you could pull a, pull a plant up, but there have been times, I can't count how many times I've tried to pull up what seems like a small plant out of my yard and I pull with all my might and I can't get it because somehow the roots are able to grow easily so that they can spread out and get a good grip in the soil and you just can't get it. What I have to do is start digging and start cutting the roots out and only then can I pull that plant out. But what God wants to strengthen us, to, wants to do is to strengthen us so that our roots run deep in him so that we're built up in him and established in the faith. But notice, it says we can have faith, but we can abound in it through thanksgiving. That's where the abundance of thanksgiving, it comes in again. And so the question is, do we want to have faith or do we want to abound in faith? It's the same thing as the harvest. Do we want to have a harvest or do we want to have an abundant harvest. It, it's almost like there's an equilibrium or a kind of a symmetry between faith and thanksgiving. If we want to grow in faith, it's pretty hard to do so in an unthankful spirit, right? I mean, we can all think of like, you know, plants. If we've tried to plant a seed and we go out to the deserts of Nevada, we might question whether that seed is going to grow out there. But that's kind of like trying to plant a seed of faith in an unthankful spirit. There's not going to be a lot of potential for fruit. But when thankfulness is abounding, it's almost like it's just 
miracle grow for that work of faith to take place. And so we want to focus on being thankful, on rejoicing in God and what he's done for us and what he will do. And, and often it's, it's that rejoicing in the hope of the gospel and hoping in his goodness that makes such a difference in the work of faith and the work of grace in our lives. And when, we, when we're thankful, we're creating an atmosphere for faith, which is an atmosphere for the miraculous to take place, for God to move and to intervene in the affairs of men. And so the final P that we're looking at is power or empowerment through the abundance of thanksgiving. You know, really what thanksgiving signifies is remembering how much we appreciate and need God in our lives. The opposite is unthankfulness, which really represents self-sufficiency. You know, we don't need anything or anyone. You know, we can make it through life that way, but, you know, some, you could say someone, you know, individuals can make it through life with that attitude. The thing is they won't make it through eternity with that attitude. You know, the whole focus of heaven for all eternity is going to be recognizing that God is the source of all life, of all strength, of all joy, and we're going to be surrounding his throne for a million, million years just thanking him for all he's done, for all that he did on earth, for all that he did in heaven, and for all that he's going to do for all eternity that the eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. We're just going to be thanking him. But doing that allows us to receive an impartation of his power and his life. And so let this Thanksgiving, let's remember the three P's, or at least remember the concepts, if you, know, if you don't remember the words. But it, that we need an abundance of thankfulness so that we can be preserved. Through all of those times that the Apostle Paul talks about and some of the ones he doesn't. Right? When we're beaten, when we're oppressed, when we're forsaken, when we're, well, no, I think forsaken is one of the things we're not. But, you know, all of those things were, those difficulties we're facing. But God does not leave us or forsake us. We're preserved. But we want to abound in thanksgiving so that we are preserved. Right? The more thankfulness abounds, the more we are preserved. It's, it's almost like it's a, a self-sustaining and increasing cycle when thanksgiving abounds. Also provision, right? That, that as we rejoice in what God has done for us and we sow, we seek to be a blessing to others, we invest in their lives, and, and that increase comes in that environment of thanksgiving. And finally, power. That as we abound with thanksgiving, God will root us and strengthen us to walk in him, to be established in him, in his power. And as we experience these three Ps in life, we will be rejoicing in them for all eternity. And Lord, we thank you so much. And Lord, we want to be thankful. Oh, we want thankfulness to abound in our lives, in our voices, in our spirits. Oh God, because you have done great things 
for us. And Lord, we just pray that, that Lord, your thanks, thankfulness and thanksgiving would abound and increase in us. Oh God, in a new way. Oh Lord, we just pray, Lord, that that, that spirit would increase within us. Lord, we just, Lord, we want to take that time out to thank you, to rejoice in you for all that you've done for your wonderful goodness to us. And we bless you, Lord. We worship you and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.